Hey guys, Raymond here from the Beginner Photography Podcast, and I was totally that kid in Little League Baseball just picking dandelions in the outfield. Ugh. Anyway, let's get into today's interview. Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast with Raymond Hatfield, the podcast dedicated to helping you grow your photography skills. Raymond interviews the world's top photographers in their field to ask questions that will get you taking better photos today. Now, with you as always, husband, father, home brewer, L.A. Dodger fan, and Indianapolis wedding photographer, Raymond Hatfield. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am Raymond, your friend and host of the Beginner of Photography podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that is dedicated to helping you understand that a great photo is so much more than just the sum of its settings, okay? This week has been uh, all about uh, uh, creating a, a roadmap for the podcast for me, uh, planning out some future interviews. We got some good ones coming, and even planning out some educational videos that I want to create for you, which uh, which has just been so much fun, right? Thinking about the future and all these things that I want to do and share and, and bring to you, uh, I just cannot wait to put them out in the world. It's been all awesome, but I've also been getting ready for fall, right? Fall is typically the most, uh, is the busiest time for photographers. Leaves are changing. It's getting uh, beautiful outside. It's not so oppressively hot. And this year will be my first uh, year trying my hand at some family photo mini sessions. You know, as I, as I get older, I'm starting to look uh, for other avenues of photography, just so that I'm not, uh, you know, gone every weekend uh, while the kids uh, aren't in school, right? That's something that you got to think of, like, as a, as a wedding photographer. Typically, you don't shoot too much during the week when the kids are in school, but when they're out of school on the weekends, I shoot a lot. So um, I'm just looking forward to the future and uh, trying something new. So I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, but more importantly, I'm going to be documenting the entire process. And get this, I'm going to be making a comprehensive how-to video uh, on on how to book family mini sessions, I'm going to share with you exactly how I do it and uh, the results as well. So I'm really excited about that. And that comprehensive video is uh, is gr- I'm going to be posting that in the premium member section uh, over on Patreon, so that you can start to build your portfolio and uh, make your camera a revenue producing tool if that's something that you're interested in. So I'm really excited about that. And if you really want to see it, you can become a premium member just by clicking the link over on the uh, website beginnerphotographypodcast.com. And speaking of which, I have a really uh, fun announcement uh, for a giveaway at the end of the interview. So stick around after the questions to find out what and how you can win. I'm really excited. Okay, so this week's interview is massive and it's kind of a continuation of this month's theme of, 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 of talking about business, right? This whole month uh, worth of interviews, we've been talking a lot more about business uh, than, than we typically do. And this is uh, just the culmination of, of, of all of that, right? I thought, who knows business better than a photographer who talks to photographers every week about their businesses to find out what works for them. Uh, so it's it's a really great interview. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get on into it. I'm really excited for you to listen to this one. Uh, it is with Andrew Helmage. Today's guest is actually responsible for opening up my eyes to the business side of photography with his podcast, Photo Biz Exposed 
where he interviews photographers not only to talk about the technical side of photography, but everything behind the curtain, from marketing, SEO, sales, and just so much more. Today, I am, I'm just thrilled to be talking to Andrew Helmich. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Raymond, it's my pleasure. It's, it's so good to talk to you again. You know what I just realized? I didn't even mention that you're a photographer in your interview. I said nothing about you being a photographer in there, and I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So let's <laughs> let's start there, Andrew. You are a you're a photographer. So why don't you tell the listeners who who haven't started listening to the Photo X podcast because we all know that they will soon. Um, why don't you tell them how they got their start or how you got your start in photography? Yeah, I'll give you the abbreviated version because I've had told this story a few times, but uh, I, I was a mad keen fisherman and I was shooting, I wanted to get published in, in fishing magazines and I had to learn how to take photos. So I basically uh, bought slide film back then and learned real quickly that uh, I had to be a good photographer to get published and you had to get your exposures right with, uh, with slide film because there's no, no latitude there. And uh, I, I loved it. I loved the photography side. I loved getting published, but I, but I really enjoyed the photography side. So I had another friend that was a wedding photographer. I, I went out with him as a second shooter, and he was more than happy to have me along. And he allowed me to take a few shots after a couple of weddings and allowed me to use those in my portfolio. I went to a wedding expo or a bridal fair, you, might, you guys might call it, yeah. and uh, we, we pretty much... Well, actually, I shot a friend of a friend's wedding for free. She paid for double print, so I had a, an album to take to this bridal fair. Went to the bridal fair, and basically, the rest is history. We, we, we booked something like twenty weddings, I think, at that first bridal fair. It was uh, it, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. And the really the funny thing is, the, the first bride that I that I photographed, she was quite a large bride. She was an oversized oversized bride, I guess you call her. I don't know what the, the plus the size term is, plus size. Yeah. And so she, she and her husband were my only full wedding that I could show up as bridal fair. And I booked so many weddings because of that couple that I featured in that, uh, in that album, that display album, because I was the only photographer that was showing a plus-size bride in my work. And admittedly, most of the brides that year were plus-size brides because of that display album. But it was a great way for me to, to learn how to pose, how to shoot, and, uh, you know, and, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expensive back then, but it was a great start. So that, that was me up and running. Yeah, you filled that gap in the market, and I could see why everybody would, would come to you. That's, I, can't, I can't imagine booking 20 weddings at a single bridal fair. That's incredible. That You definitely got your money's worth that day, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. Look, this is the bridal fairs were huge back then. Um, they're not as big now. There wasn't so many photographers. It was, uh, there was hundreds of brides going through this. And the good thing is... So Linda, my wife, was there. She had the, our, our calendar, which was just a, a, a diary, basically. And someone had asked about a date, and she'd go, oh, I'll just check. And she'd go around the back and look, and the diary was empty. <laughs> oh, we have got that day free. And so we were able to, to accommodate any inquiry, whereas a lot of other photographers that were established, if they were already booked, they had to turn that, that bride away, where we were able to say yes to everyone. Sure. Because wow. we had nothing. Yeah, but it's that perception of like, actually, hold on, let me check. Oh no, yeah, we are free. I could. Uh, that's hilarious. So, how long has it been uh, since that that bridal expo? How long have you been uh, running a photography business? Uh, it, it's about twenty two years now. So since then, so I was I was part time at my my full time job. I went uh, eventually went full time photography a couple of years later, and uh, yeah, the, the the rest is history. It just went great guns. I came in. 
at a good time. And I, and I know that if you're listening to this or seeing this, that you think, oh, you know, like there's, here's another photographer that got in at the right time. Um, maybe we make our own luck. Uh, I felt like it, it did work out well for me. I got in just as digital was coming in. I was an early adopter in my local area. Uh, so it was very easy to be seen as being on the cutting edge or one of the new photographers up and coming in my area. So uh, I took advantage of that, opened a, a street front studio and uh, got well known quickly in my area. Uh, I think you can still do the same today, maybe with, with different processes, but uh, yeah, 22 years, it's incredible. It's, uh, yeah, I still can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, my goodness. I know uh, some photographers like, uh, um, I guess like Sam Hurd. Sam Hurd is known, obviously, for uh, doing creative things with his photography, putting things in front of the lens or whatever. And that obviously makes his, his, his work stand out. So being on that cutting edge uh, is just proof that, you know, it's important. It's important stuff. So it doesn't matter what, what time of, you know, I guess when in photography you get into it, you can always innovate somehow and, and do something new. I love that. Um, let's go back to your first. I want to know, because you also shoot, you shoot weddings and portraits. I want to go back to your first paid portrait client like the per like you didn't know who they were it was your first paid portrait client um how did they find you how'd you book them um were you nervous and, and how did it go well I, I can't remember the exact the first the first client but i do remember a client very early on it was an older couple so this wasn't wasn't a typical family portrait i think that maybe the daughter maybe i photographed the wedding someone knew me somehow so it was a word of mouth shoot. Um, back then, we were advertising the yellow pages. I mean, that that was we had a website, but the yellow pages was where people were finding it. So it sounds ridiculous now. We were spending thousands, you know, for these ads. Uh, but and I, I learned a really good lesson at this at this particular shoot. It was an older couple. She had white hair, like literally white hair, and it was like permed. And I was in love, and and I uh, still am with shooting backlit subjects and i was very careful to have a dark background but have the light coming in behind uh behind the, the subjects and i set them up on a little jetty and uh, i was a husband and wife and uh, they were beautiful portraits and uh, she was beautifully backlit i was shooting film so this wasn't digital and i could just see with my eye that this was looking beautiful i got the the images back she looked 100 percent bald <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> because her white <laughs> was so well backlit. It was either halo or ball. Like it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't show them. Uh, and I had, do? Do a, I had to do a reshoot. I had no choice. You just told them what, it didn't turn out and they need to come back in? I, look, I made up some excuse, sure. which, which photographers used to do at the time, where maybe the lab buggered it up. Oh. I made a mistake. Yeah, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> we were able to blame the labs back then. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's hilarious. So obviously it didn't it didn't turn out too well. Um, how did you? Uh, what, what did you What did you do doing like going forward? You just know now that that women with white hair you, you just can't backlight them. Yeah, anyone with white hair now. I mean, see, this is one of those lessons that you learn because I, I don't know if it's the same today, but I know that when I started, like I was. Like my business name was the worst name ever. We were called Weddings, Portraits, Anything. <laughs> anything? <laughs> it said the word anything in there? <laughs> anything, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I would say yes to anything. I wanted to make photography my life and I would take on any job that someone would pay me for. And uh, I was like, it sounds terrible, but I was learning as I was going. I would never say no. to. I was, I was shooting 
women that had been bashed up. I'd seen guys that had cuts in work accidents, uh, as well as wedding couples and um, and portraits. It was it was anything. People would see anything in my ad and they'd ring up and say, "Hey, <laughs> is it really anything?" <laughs> Uh, so I guess my follow-up question to that is, what is the weirdest thing that you've had to, you've had to photograph? Uh, yeah, not, nothing. I don't think anything super weird. I think that the hardest one was, you know, when the the, the lady came in that time that had been beat up by her husband, and she needed photos of that. And she she was like, "You're going to make these look as bad as you can." And uh, I was like, "Oh man, that's like it's already bad." She said, "Yeah, it's got to look as bad as you can." Yeah, that was, those sort of things were hard. I'd say that's about it. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a lesson to everybody listening is whatever you do, don't put the word anything in uh, in your photography business because you will get contacted for anything. Okay. Uh, You know, I think I think a lot of the listeners um, have this idea if they do decide to start a business that that uh, running a photography business, the um, the biggest draw to them is simply the free time that they're going to have. Right. I'll be able to work from home. I'll work like one day a weekend. Like it's going to be great. Um, and I think obviously for the first few years, that is a huge misconception and definitely not how it works. But what is the hardest thing that you have found to be about running uh, your business? I think you're dead right. In the beginning there, it is just you are going as hard as you can. Because generally you have what I did, and I think most probably will have another full-time job or a part-time job in the beginning. So it's managing that, you know, at the time I had a mortgage, uh, obviously Linda, we had kids, um, managing all that and trying to build that photography business, that was a struggle. Uh, as, as far as the hardest thing, I think that came for me later on when photography, I was shooting over 70 weddings a year. Uh, I was doing those on my own, uh, mostly, and we were shooting portraits and commercial work in between. Like I was working so hard and we were getting so much work, I, I got to a stage where I just didn't like photography. Well, uh, photography was purely a job, and yeah. that was a real struggle because I got into it because I loved it, and there was a time there, probably three, maybe two, three years stint in the middle where my camera bag was like a toolbox, and if I picked that thing up, I was going to work. I didn't have any photos of my kids or very few, uh, no family photos of my family. I just I didn't want to see the camera when I wasn't getting paid to shoot. So that was pretty difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Um... Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step, and the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. I think when, when, when you get to this point to where you do decide to make that leap, it's like, it's really exciting, but then when... I don't know, inquiries don't come as often as they should, then you can look at your camera bag, even if you're not working as much as, as you were, at, almost in this negative way, is like, 
this thing is stopping me from achieving my dream somehow. Um, but obviously, this isn't all negative. You know, being being a uh, a, a photographer isn't you know uh, a terrible job to have. What what are some of your favorite perks that that being a photographer oh, has afforded you? I would not change a, a thing ever. I mean, I, I have the best life. It's I can structure my my shoots and my work around my lifestyle. I mean, I I. I am terrible, but I book holidays before I book anything. So I have I have three holidays booked in the calendar now for this year and next. Uh, if I come back from a holiday, I want to have my next one booked and working towards that. So they go into my calendar first, and uh, work fits around that. And funnily enough, you can make work fit around anything you put in the diary that you want to. It's, it's, in the beginning, it's very difficult to do that. You want to say yes to everything. It's, it really hurts to say no. Uh, but I guess as you, as life goes on, you realize, you know, what if I don't do this shoot this week, I'm going to get another shoot next week. Or that person, which we realize now more than ever, if someone really wants me to do their, their shoot, if I'm not available that week or the week after, they will wait three weeks. And that's that's a beautiful place to be. Um, but that's that's what you get when you when you deliver a great service, when people like you, they want to work with you. People will wait to, to work with you. And uh, that, that's lovely. So, I mean, I guess that, in answer to your question, my lifestyle, I wouldn't have the life that I have now uh, without photography. I you love not answering to the boss. <laughs> Look, I, when I was fishing, I was a sales rep for a fishing tackle company. So I would have a boss, I would have a boss, and I would probably still be fishing and love fishing, but it would be a weekend thing. I wouldn't be able to do it uh, you know, five or six days a week. Of course. Like I can with yeah, so, you can go fishing five or six days a week now if you wanted to, right? <laughs> I could, well, I ride my bike uh, probably six days a week. That's yeah. my thing now. Uh, so I'll, I'll schedule time today to have a two-hour ride for training. And, uh, you know, I rode Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday already. So today's Thursday. So I'll always make time in my diary, in my calendar. And Linda and Tanil, so Tanil's our, our studio assistant, um, they know that if, if I've got a slot blocked out in the diary, then we don't book a shoot around that. And that can be for riding my bike, which sounds ridiculous. But that's that's my passion. So I'll I'll make that up then in the evening, or get up a little bit earlier, or or just have an easier day. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that that sounds ridiculous at all. I think uh, it might sound um, uh, foreign to to somebody who's listening right now who who is working uh, at a at a job or maybe they're on their way to their job right now to just have that free time to do whatever you want. But the reason why they want to get into photography is to live a lifestyle that they want, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing so it shouldn't sound foreign at all it should sound amazing because that's what it sounds like to me for sure because <laughs> i know we yeah. we talked a little bit about uh, uh before when i asked you to come on the show how you had just uh, spent some time in in europe and we were talking about some of the amazing pastries that uh france has to offer and uh, I'm, I'm very jealous of that so that alone is uh, a perk for sure in my book uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, Raymond here. I just wanted to take a quick break from today's chat to let you know that you are listening to the free version of this interview. And if you like what you hear from today's guest, you can hear the full interview and get access to the entire back catalog of past interviews by simply becoming a premium member of the podcast for just $10 a month by signing up over at patreon.com forward slash beginner photography podcast. And if you're driving, well, no worries. The link is on our homepage at beginnerphotographypodcast.com also. So sign up now. And if it's not everything that you hoped it could be, no worries. Cancel any time within the first 30 days, and I will happily give you your money back. 
That's it. I appreciate you all. I hope to see you on the inside. My next question is is something that I personally, I think I'm, I'm struggling with, which I think that we talked about uh, uh, right before I, I hit the record button. And that is, um, I like to do everything myself, right? I want to, I want to do everything until I can't do it anymore. Um, you work with obviously your wife, Linda and Tennille. Can one person, in, in your own opinion, can one person run a successful photography business? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, yes. You, you, you will be busy uh, and you have to, I think that's the, a time when you really do need to have your processes sorted out. Uh, I would, so I, I'll use Ryan as an example, I spoke to him yesterday. So he's shooting 68 weddings this year. He's only been going, this is his second year in business. He's doing it all on his own. Even his wife or his partner is not involved in the business. It's 100% him, but, but he's outsourcing the editing. He's outsourcing the culling. Uh, so he has a lot. To, he, got, he was going surfing right after we finished the interview. He's a bit like... He has some time. Yeah. <laughs> he has some time. So he, he was outsourcing to the image salon in, in Canada. He's since changed. Uh, he had a great relationship with them. He found someone on Upwork who is based in Russia, and she's a she's a wedding photographer there. And now she works full time in editing his wedding. So wow. she actually does she does the culling as well, which I was really surprised at. Um, I shouldn't be too surprised because Linda and Tia were culling for me, and she does the editing. So he's delivering six shooting six weddings. He's delivering all the photos within thirty days of the wedding every time, which is amazing. Not many yeah. photographers are doing that, and he's doing it all on his own. So yes, it can be done. Right, right. I um, this is kind of a side story, and I, and I uh, talked about it a few weeks ago here on the podcast, where uh, a friend of um, a friend of my wife, a, f- a friend of a friend of my wife, um, she my wife had seen on Facebook that she has been married for five years now and was still waiting for her wedding photos. Uh, the wedding photographer <laughs> just like up and moved to New York actually she never got her wedding photos and it was really sad so uh, I, I I thought about that and I made that part of my point of difference right and I started educating my brides to where it's like I actually met with that bride who uh, uh, never received her wedding photos I made this this huge video about it um, it, it turned out great um, and basically said in, in the video like look um, you know you may have found the the most like a photographer who can create the most beautiful images but you know here are some steps that you need to take to make sure that you know you don't get burned and kind of at the end I said like make sure that um, you have it written in the contract when you're gonna get those images um, and if if also what the photographer will do if they don't deliver the images within that time because that puts more pressure on the photographer because now that's what I'm doing in my contract so if, 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 if uh, brides ask me now I have an answer for them but also saying that uh, now, if you work with me, you're guaranteed your wedding photos within within 30 days, and I think that that alone is enough of a, a point of difference just to perk somebody's ears, right? And as, as long as you have that attention, then uh, um, y- it's a whole lot easier to go on with the rest of the your pitch, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, again, it's that point of difference, isn't it? It's only small, but it's it's meaningful and it's important to the perspective time. Especially when not receiving any of your wedding photos is at is at risk there. Ter- terrible, terrible. Yeah, 
I got I got really lucky that that story got picked up by the news, um, some local news stations, and it was it was it was, it was a huge success for sure. And hang on, you whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you said it was lucky. What did you must have done something to get in the news? It's really just uh, truth luck. be told. Uh, I called them and I said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. Would you like to come out and uh, and be a part of it?" My my idea was that they would come out and like film a film a segment, um, but. I guess the person in charge of returning calls was gone for the week. So when she got back to her office, she called me. I was actually there at the, in the middle of the shoot. and like, oh, I guess you can't come out today. Um, but they, uh, I sent them some images, and, and she got a hold of the bride, and they wrote a whole story about it, which was it was wonderful. It was wonderful for sure. These things rarely happen by accident, right? <laughs> yeah. So I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. You, you called me out there for sure. Yeah. You're good right. work. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Good. That's a good example of, of how, you know, as a business person, you have to make your own luck. You have to capitalize on, on these little things that happen. Right. Right. I think that gets overlooked a lot of times when, when listening to interviews with other photographers. Even there in the beginning, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you said, like, oh, yeah. Booked twenty weddings at my first bridal fair, and, and like there we go, the the whole year was off, and it's it's it it's difficult because I've uh, never had a twenty wedding year. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of times I don't push as hard as, admittedly, I should probably because we have you know the, the young ones here at home, um, but just hearing that like in one day is, is really amazing. And I'm glad that you broke it down is to say, you know, what you think that the reason was, and it was because of the, the bride was plus size. And, and that, that totally makes sense. And it's that point of difference in, in making your own luck. I love it, I love it. So then kind of side question um, for, for you, do you think that you have to have two separate, uh, maybe not businesses, but um, should you be separating those or should you just be, hey, Andrew Helmage Photography shoots everything. Maybe not anything like we talked about there in the beginning, but you know what I mean. Uh, do, you, do you actually weddings and portraits, or sh or should those be separated? Yeah, this is a, another age-old question, isn't it? And I think it really depends. Um, personally, I tried this. So I, I, after doing a bunch of interviews, I was hearing from more and more photographers that we should separate the two businesses, have two separate websites. The different, uh, different styles or different genres. I did that. It was a total pain. Oh. It was a night. I had two websites to manage. I had uh, two different brands. I had to have content for both. I had to have audience support. It was just, it was just a pain to manage and get the content going. And so I did it. I did it for a couple of years. I'm going to give it a try. And it didn't help business. It didn't make a difference to what we were making. I thought, why am I doing this? So then I brought it all back to one. So I think if you're going to have everything on the one side, I think it just has to be clear and make it easy for your clients to say, right, I want to go to the portraits. I don't want to know about weddings. I want to go to the newborns. I don't want to see the family. That makes just sense. make it easy to navigate so people know that. Yeah, no, to totally makes sense. And once again, it, it depends on you and, and your personality. And like I will add, with the commercial stuff, if I was a commercial photographer, if that was a big part of my business, and I really wanted to focus on just headshots, then I would have a separate website for that. Sure. So I know that those really don't really see babies, kids, weddings, and stuff like that. But for me, my clients know, generally they know I'm a wedding photographer. So they don't mind hiring me for a commercial job because they know I'm really looking for people, shooting headshots, and that's, that's what I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get that. You have 
like I mentioned earlier, you, you've done a lot of interviews. You're approaching 300, which, again, I'm so excited for you. That, that is such <laughs> a, that's a huge number. That's a huge number. I want to know, uh, out of all of those interviews, what's maybe one of the biggest lessons or, or some of the biggest takeaways that you have picked up from those lessons that have really made an impact uh, on your business? Uh, biggest thing, if you're asking about what's made the biggest impact on my business. I mean, isn't that the whole reason why you started the podcast, right? To, absolutely. To, yeah. I, I was implementing as much as I was hearing. It. I loved it. Yeah. it was, and that's got to the stage where I can't implement it if I hear anymore. But, so I'm sort of giving that out to listeners and getting them back to talk about how, how they went with that particular project. Sure. And they something that I guess said gelled with them, so they went and did that. I want to put them back on and hear how that went for them. Because I can't do everything. Yeah. Um, I guess overall for me, probably, well, there's two things. I have to probably go back, and, and I, I always tend to, tend to get back to these interviews that had the biggest effect on my photography business, if that's what you're asking, and that would be creating the YouTube videos after I interviewed Gabriel Morshiro. He's an SEO specialist. It wasn't an SEO type interview that you would expect. Uh, he said, go out to your local area where you where people like to have their wins, and you shoot out every weekend. Go and record a video in each of those different locations, saying why it's good, what's good about it, what's not good about it, when is it good in uh, which times of the year, what wind direction it's going to be good. He basically gave me some ideas to, to record these videos. I did these with an iPhone one afternoon, the same week I recorded that interview, and those YouTube videos, they are they are not exciting. I am no video editor. <laughs> it's me talking on a location with my phone here. My son's holding my phone. And uh, those, those videos have continued to book new readings today. And they still rank on page one for those locations. Like wow. and, and I have shared this story multiple times, and I don't know anyone else is doing it. I'm like, I feel like banging my head against the wall. Like, why, <laughs> why are you guys doing this work? And it's so easy. That's one of the biggest things. Um, the other one's Facebook ads. Uh, that was a huge, huge thing. Uh, and you've talked about that, you've been with you know how you can use the ads yourself, so you know how they work. I'm sure you've seen, you've seen that. Uh, and I think the other big thing is my passion for photography. Remember how I said that Wayne reveal? Yeah. Once I started, excuse me, <coughs> once I started interviewing photographers, that passion came back fast. And I love photography more than ever. So I think that's a big thing that we're doing the interviews. Yeah. So just being a part of, of, of a photography community, essentially, because even though these people are across the world, like you and I right now, just being able to talk face-to-face -face and, and building that community can really build up that excitement to get you going. That's, it, it motivates me. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and I feel like if it's motivating me, it's got to be motivating you. It is, for sure. Just listening to your interviews, I can tell that, for one, you get excited. And I know that you've talked about just having way too many things to implement. And Linda always gets mad at you for, like, maybe we should try this one thing. And maybe we should try these other 50 things before we try this next <laughs> thing first. Yeah. My, yeah. We, we live in the same household. I get it. I get it. Uh, what, what do you, I'm, I'm interested to, to know what you think is some commonly bad information being taught to, to photographers. Is there anything that you can think of that you hear right away and... In, 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 is just not helpful. Yeah, I think if, if I hear a photographer say, "This is the way to do it," mm -hmm. this will work. 
I think that's, that's already setting them up to fight someone else that's going to try to fail because, yeah, maybe we're probably delivering the idea or, or the strategy. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work that person. In saying that, if you follow what someone else teaches and really follow it, uh, then there's a good chance that we'll work if it has worked for someone else. But it's certainly not the only way. It's never the only way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I could have said anything anything better there for sure. It wasn't anything specific. It's just uh, it's just kind of the style of, of how things are being taught for sure. Uh, one thing that we don't really talk a lot about on this podcast is actually gear because uh, it just it as you know it's it's just not that important. It it can only help you so much until it it's just a piece of gear essentially. But uh, uh, I always love finding out. Uh, it, has there ever been one piece of gear that you thought like, oh, I gotta have this, I gotta have this, but then once you got it, you're like, I never use this. <laughs> this was a waste of money. <laughs> there are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com. And as a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Uh, I think you're right. Like, you know, video lights. Video so, lights. Once, yeah, but, but for using it for skills photography. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why did you think that you had to have them? I went to uh, probably a seminar with uh, Jerry Johannes. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Jerry's so been a past, past guest, uh, and he, uh, he has... <laughs> The uh, the ice light. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 a miracle light, right? So I <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this. This was even before the ice light. I mean, I I was uh, I won't say infatuated with uh, with Jerry, but I, I really modeled my business and like he was doing things, and uh, he was a massive influence in the early days. And he was using video light back then, uh, even before his ice lights. And look, I, I did use them for a while, but nowhere near as much as what I thought. Yeah. And, and, Took a long time to realize that I will never be Jerry Gahomes. I can shoot like him. I can do my sales sessions like him. I can sell like him. But I'm never going to be him. And, uh, it took a long time to learn that. And that was that was a really it was a big. It sounds funny, but uh, you know I was using the same same lens. I was trying to pose the same way he did. I modeled too much of my photography. I'm trying to be like someone else. Right. And. That was setting myself up for failure. And I think that's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the work that I produced, and he's an amazing photographer, but I wish in the early days that I had a, taken a more rounded approach to the photographers and influence rather than just one, because I wanted to be just one. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, he, he's a great idol to, to look up to when it comes to uh, both image quality and, and the business that he runs. So, I mean, it's, it's totally understandable. Totally understandable. Uh, Andrew, you have, have been extremely gracious with your time today. Uh, you've shared a ton of information, not only from your own personal experiences, but from the almost 300 interviews that you've done with other photographers. And uh, I, I want to thank you, seriously, for, for coming on and, and, and sharing everything that you did today with, with our listeners. Mate, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's so nice to be on the other side of the microphone and answer some <laughs> questions. And uh, and to you, you know, mate, I, I remember the very first interview we did. You were out walking. I was. <laughs> and you you were just you just quit your job. I was so excited. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember it clearly. And I've had you on since then. And um, it's amazing to see you and your growth and the podcast and everything else, mate. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's awesome to see another passion photographer doing what they love. So congratulations to you. I. I, I can only have I only have you to thank for sure. But you know what's funny is that I went back and I listened to that first interview uh, not too long ago, probably a few months ago, and I thought I thought I had all the answers. <laughs> I thought I had all the answers, and now obviously as time goes on, it's just like no, you know these things aren't weren't really important. Uh, it just it's just a lot of. Uh, uh, faith in yourself, I guess you got to have some confidence to, to to be able to take that leap of faith because it, it really is a leap of faith and, uh, and and persistence to be able to keep going. And I don't claim that I have all the answers, and that's why I have other professionals on like you and and so many others to to help out and try to try to get those answers to the people um, uh, who come after after us, I suppose for sure. Yeah. But. You'll be doing the same interview as this in 20 years' time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane for You're sure. Uh, but for, for those listening who, who do want to know more about you and where to find you online, and maybe they're at that point to where they want to, to, to move on past the beginner uh, photography podcast, can you let the listeners know how they can, how they can and where they can find you online? Sure. But the easiest place is photobizx.com. There's links there to, to anything. There. That's where you'll find all the interviews, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a ton of content there. You can do a search for any kind of uh, topic that you're interested in, and you'll get a bunch of uh, bunch of ideas. There's also, actually, if you go to the interviews page on the site, uh, there's a there's a little uh, there's a photo up in the top right. It says "New here, are you new here?" And you can request uh, some interviews from me. I'll hand select some interviews for you based on what you want to make a and these, I would personally handpick them, and it's not automated. Uh, I'll find something that, uh, that's going to help you with your business if you're interested in the business side of things. Perfect, perfect. Well, Andrew, again, I will, I will, of course, link to that in the show notes if anybody's driving right now. Uh, and once, once again, I just, I thank you for coming on and sharing everything that you did. And uh, I, I, I look forward every Monday to to, to launching the newest uh, episode of the Photo Biz X podcast. So again, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers, man. Of course. Now, if you don't listen to Andrew's podcast already, uh, I'm sure that you will want to now because it is so clear that not only does Andrew know what he's talking about, obviously, with his experience, but he is also one of the most just uh, down-to-earth people who I've ever had the pleasure of chatting with. Uh, In fact, uh, we kept chatting after the call for almost an hour uh, and I think if, if that doesn't speak to his character, I'm, I'm not sure what does. He, he, he's truly a great guy. Great guy. Uh, so if you want to hear more uh, from Andrew and his podcast, the Photo Biz X podcast, just search for it in your favorite podcast player. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Andrew, if you're listening right now, uh, 
all I can say is thank you. Seriously, uh, I, I, I feel like uh, we are more than just a host and a interviewer. I've been listening to your podcast, obviously, for a long time. We've had a lot of conversations, and uh, I like to think of you as, as, as more of a virtual friend. And uh, once again, I, I truly appreciate you coming on the podcast. And I look forward to you coming out to the States, hopefully uh, uh, next year, and, uh, and I'd be more than happy to buy you a beer. So that is uh that's that thank you again andrew so uh in in the beginning of this episode i mentioned that uh that there was a big announcement and even a giveaway and i'm so excited for this okay i'm going to give away a camera yeah that's right so one of my favorite cameras that i've owned and if if you've you've been listening to this podcast for any stretch of time is uh right here my gopro right the gopro the GoPro. This thing is just so much fun just to take and put it in your pocket, bring everywhere, and just let it create uh, photos without you uh, putting in too much effort, right? It does a lot of the thinking on its own. And GoPro just came out with a brand new, like this thing isn't technically even released yet, uh, the GoPro Hero 7 Black camera. It is it's amazing. That's all that I can say about this thing. It records 4K video, right, in slow motion, which is insane on its own. And it has the world's most advanced electronic image stabilization for, it's seriously the best footage that I've ever seen come out of a handheld camera. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. And on top of that, it takes incredible 12 megapixel photos with uh, GoPro is even introducing a new super photo setting that just captures more dynamic range than ever before and this camera is is set to be a a monster i'm so excited i already pre-ordered one for myself and guess what i pre-ordered one to give away to one of you that's right you could win a brand new 400 gopro hero 7 black camera so what do you have to do to win simple all you got to do is just become a premium member of the podcast and you will be entered to win and if you're already a premium member then you are already entered to win congratulations and if you get uh, another uh um uh in you can actually get another entry to win on top of just yourself i got all jumbled up there you can get another entry to win if you sign up a friend. So if you have a friend who's also in photography uh, and you think that they might like to win this camera, then they can join the premium membership uh, uh, side of the podcast over on patreon.com as well. And they will be entered to win this $400 GoPro Hero 7 Black and you will get an additional entry as well. So that's it. Currently, there's 27 premium members, so the odds of winning this $400 camera are really, really good. So you can go ahead and join today by clicking the link over at beginnerphotographypodcast.com. And then on November 12th, I will announce the winner of the GoPro Hero 7 Black. It could be you. I hope it is. What do you think? Do you hope it's you? What would you do with this GoPro? That's what I want to know. Okay. So that is it for this week's episode. Until next week, I want you to get out there. Just keep shooting and share your photos with the world. You know, you can shoot all day, but now I want you to start sharing some photos with the world. And most importantly, stay safe. Okay, that's it. I love you all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a review in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. And continue the conversation with Raymond and other listeners of the podcast by joining the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group today. Thank you. We'll see you again next week.